For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For this week's episode, I'll be reacting to the Gophers' latest 2023 commitment from South Carolina wide receiver Tyler Brown. And then I will preview the Big Ten Conference for the 2022-23 football season. We'll talk uh, roster outlooks, uh, predictions um, for the awards and all Big Ten teams, and where the Gophers stack up against the rest of the conference. All right, let's talk some recruiting. After last week's recording on Monday, the Gophers have had one commitment since, which came on Monday. Greenville, a South Carolina wide receiver, Tyler Brown, um, committed following his official visit uh, two weekends ago. Um, he is a five foot eleven, one hundred and seventy pound wide receiver. Uh, the Gophers were his only FBS offer. He held. Top offers from James Madison, Jacksonville State, and Harvard. Some of the best FCS programs there are. Um, at the time of his commitment to the Gophers, he did not have a, any ranking on 24-7 sports. Now they rank him as the 113th best wide receiver nationwide and the number 11 player in South Carolina. Um, I... I still don't really understand how he doesn't have a rating. Um, last season as a junior, he had 71 catches for 1,000 
34 receiving yards and 15 total touchdowns. Um, he, he, he plays for Greenfield High, which is, has an enrollment of 1,500 students. They play at the highest level of South Carolina football. So it's not like he's getting these numbers uh, playing at a small private school or something. He's playing against the best players in his state. And he he has a very similar um, physical profile to a guy like uh, Nuke Hayes, who verbally committed uh, two weeks ago. And he has a similar level of production. And uh, I, I just don't understand why he's not ranked on 24-7 sports. Nuke Hayes was a top 800 player. And... There, I, he just doesn't do anything drastically that much better than Tyler Brown. Obviously, there are a lot of uh, high school football players in the country, so not everyone can be ranked. But so basically, what I'm saying is Tyler Brown is has a chance to be a very good football player, much like New Case. So he's not your uh, typical unranked guy committing. Um, he's shown to be very productive at a high level of high school football. And he has a great physical profile for a Big Ten wide receiver. So he's a very solid addition to the class. Might not reflect in his rating, but uh, don't put it past him. He is a very good football player. He also runs track in the spring. Just solid all-around athlete. Very explosive. And has a chance to be a weapon for the Gophers um, when he joins them in the future. Um, so, outside of that commitment, there were a few players that listed their uh, final list of schools that included the Gophers. Um, 2023 Cincinnati, Ohio offensive lineman Philip Daniels previously included the Gophers in his top four, but he announced that on July 2nd at 2 p.m. on Instagram Live, he'll be announcing his decision between Pittsburgh, Boston College, Purdue, and the Gophers. He's a top 50 interior offensive lineman nationwide. So uh, the Gophers have had a lot of offensive linemen depth in their 23 class, but Daniels would be a very solid addition. Um, 2023 Rollisville, North Carolina wide receiver Tamarcus Cooley also included the Gophers in his top seven over the week. Um, the Gophers joined NC State, Louisville, Appalachian State, North Carolina, East Carolina, and Ole Miss. So uh, a few big-time schools in that list. Nevertheless, the Gophers have a chance to add another talented wide receiver to their class. Um, next in the 23 class was St. Louis, Missouri wide receiver Frederick Moore included the Gophers in his top five, along with Illinois, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Texas A&M. So uh, they're, they're with the big boys with Frederick Moore, very talented receiver, fringe four-star guy, high-level three-star. So he would be a huge addition, but obviously it's going to be tough with uh, three, three schools that play at the highest level of college football and Illinois, who's Improving recruiting under, uh, why am I blanking on his name? The old Wisconsin head coach, uh, whatever. 
Odd. Now it's annoying me. What's his name? <laughs> Illinois football head coach. Brett Bielema. Why did I forget that? Because it's June and I haven't watched football in a while. Um, but uh, also in the recruiting news, but so the, those three guys are three names to watch out for on top of Jackson Howard's commitment that is also coming on July 2nd. Or is it July 1st? Early July. First week of July. First few days. Um, but four-star wide receiver Anthony Brown released his top five schools over the week without including the Gophers. He was a guy who was previously committed. Um, he's posted on social media working out with some Gophers guys. He's the brother of Mike Brown, Stevens. So uh, it seemed like the Gophers had a chance, but they don't now, obviously. He listed Kentucky, Penn State, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Oklahoma. Um, five schools that have stuff that Gophers can't offer. So it makes sense, but um, like I said, uh, watch it. Hopefully by this time next week, we're talking about Jackson Howard in a Gophers uniform. Um, it will be uh, tough, obviously, with Michigan, LSU, and Miami. Um Three schools that might have a bigger NIL budget. I don't know how much that'll dictate, but it's a fact. Um, but I still like the Gophers' chances. I like I said before, I'd put it at thirty to forty percent, and I I strongly believe that. It by any means it would not shock me that he commits to Miami, LSU, or Michigan, but. Um, it seems like he's realistically considering the Gophers. So, uh, I'll just leave it at that. But um, before we get into the Big Ten preview, I also wanted to shout out 2023 long snapper Ryan Algram from Illinois who committed to the Gophers as a preferred walk-on. Uh, obviously don't know much about the long snapping game, but I just wanted to give him a shout out. Um, and then last thing before we jump into the Big Ten preview um, I just wanted to mention that I attended the Marion Barber III Celebration of Life service last Tuesday, and it was really a beautiful celebration of Marion's life. Um, I thought it would, I, as a 21-year-old, wasn't able to watch Marion, uh, or at least remember him that much in a Gophers uniform, and I thought it was a really cool uh, way to honor and celebrate his life. I don't have much more than that, but I just wanted to mention that it was it was really cool to watch uh, and be there. And uh, he obviously touched a lot of people's lives, especially Gophers fans and everyone. Um, I just thought it was really cool. But now into the Big Ten 2022-23 preview. Um, I will be going through standings, my championship prediction, the first team prediction, awards prediction, and then just some overall thoughts on the conference. So as for the standings, I'll kind of go in tiers, but I, I think Ohio State's in a tier of its own. I think anyone would agree with that. As much as it might be annoying to see the same team compete for a Big Ten title every single year, there's a reason they are. They have the best players. They have one of the best coaches. And uh, this year, I'll get into it more, but they have the best quarterback, I think, by a dramatic, dramatic margin, um, and that's 
going to help them. They have really good receivers. Uh, heading into last year, they had to get a new quarterback, had running back questions, a lot of turnover on defense. But now they return a lot of guys on defense. They return a quarterback, return Travion Henderson at running back. Uh, Ryan Daisy even now has an extra year of experience as a head coach. And I think they're really in a class of their own. Um, as for number two, not many people have this. Uh, the consensus seems to be Michigan at number two. Um, but I have Michigan State at number two. I trust their quarterback more. Um, Peyton Thorne had a really good season last year. And he returns. Um, they return their number one wide receiver. Uh, Jaden Reed. Um, I've been impressed with how much uh, how much Mel Tucker has adapted to the transfer portal. He, uh, after losing Kenneth Walker, one of the best players in college football, he replaced him with uh, Wisconsin transfer Jalen Berger and Colorado transfer Jarek Broussard. We're two very talented running backs. I think Broussard probably has the inside track to get the most of the carries, but uh, anyone who's obviously followed Wisconsin, New Berger was hyped up, so he's a talented player. And I'm just really impressed with the culture that uh, that Mel Tucker has developed in a short time in East Lansing. And I think uh, Michigan State has enough, enough talent uh, returning on both sides of the ball, uh, enough transfer talent they added, that I think they're going to have a 9-10 win season once again in 2022. Next on my list is Michigan. They still have a very talented team. They still return Blake Corum at running back. They still return Caden McNamara at quarterback. But I think what will uh, limit the ceiling of this team is their quarterback position. Caden McNamara was uh, sufficient last year. Um, but he didn't do anything over the top. He wasn't a, a game-changing player at quarterback. But last year, true freshman J.J. McCarthy, who came in in special packages, you could tell that he was a he was a game-changer at quarterback, but he was a true freshman. Now he's a, a redshirt freshman. Uh, I believe maybe he lost his uh, his four games of eligibility. But uh, I'm not 100% sure. Nevertheless, he's a, still a young quarterback. And um, and so if he takes over the quarterback spot for Cade McNamara, and if he plays up to his potential, um, I think that Michigan would have a chance to beat Ohio State again. But with McNamara, I, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, McCarthy is not a redshirt freshman. He appeared in 11 games last year. But um, a very talented player. So I think their quarterback position will dictate where they finish in the Big Ten because, like I said, they still got Blake Cormat running back. They have Ronnie Bell at wide receiver. Um, talented tight ends, talented offensive line. Um, oh, they, have, they replace a lot on defense, replace Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but... Still very talented unit. They return a lot of uh, productive players from last year. So, as for Michigan, quarterback position will dictate their finish. 
Um, and then, so I I honestly would have Ohio State in one tier and then Michigan, Michigan State in one tier. And then in the next tier, I would have Minnesota. Uh, you might say, oh, that, that's so a homer. You're put, putting Minnesota at, th- at four. But they are in the same tier as, um, as Iowa and Penn State in my eyes. Excuse me. I, uh, all three teams have, as for Iowa and Penn State, so I'll, I'll talk about these three together. Iowa and Penn State, Iowa might have the best overall defense in the conference, one of the best in the country. They return Jack Campbell, uh, Riley Moss, very talented unit. But their offense, uh, they're losing Tyler Goodson, who's probably their best offensive player. Uh, Sam Laporte is pretty good at tight end, but their best skill position player last year, one of. Um, and they're, they might have one of the worst quarterback situations in the conference. Spencer Petrus was horrible last year. Uh, they tried out their backup in a few situations, but uh, still a major question at quarterback. And like that, it's going to catch up to you at some point. Last year, it caught up to them. Um, you can rely on your running game and your defense, but uh, Iowa has to replace a lot up front. Tyler Linderbaum still going to have a good running game because they're Iowa. But they just have a lot of questions offensively. As for Penn State, uh, very talented defense, very talented skill position guys. They, they're always going to reload there, but they also have a question at quarterback. They got Sean Clifford, who has proven to be a very solid game manager, but he's never going to go out and win you a game. Um, so the, the, there's really solid talent around him, but it's just our... Is Sean Clifford going to be able to have his best season as a quarterback for Penn State? And is he going to be able to elevate them? I don't know. And then as for uh, Minnesota, obviously they they have similar questions to Iowa and Penn State. Very talented team around Tanner Morgan. Um, But is he going to be able to find that 2019 success that he had under Kirk Scirocco? See, Iowa and Penn State didn't change anything with their quarterback situations from last year. Uh, For all I know, Iowa's uh, returning um, their offensive coordinator from last year, uh, Ferentz's son. Um, I believe Penn State's returning their offensive staff. So it's like uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That, that saying, whatever it goes by, it says that's insanity. I think that's what Penn State and Iowa kind of are doing. Uh, but Minnesota's making a, a change. And I think it's going to help Tanner Morgan. The question just is how much. And that, I don't know. Nobody knows. I think it will be substantial enough to... Uh, catapult the Gophers into contention in the Big Ten West. But it ultimately comes down to one of the biggest games of the year, November 19th, Iowa at Minnesota, in my eyes. That is going to determine the Big Ten West, in my eyes. But as I said, 
Minnesota, Iowa, Penn State, all in the same tier. I could be swayed in either direction of who's better than those three teams. Iowa obviously had probably has the best uh, unit, their defense, um, compared to those three. So consensusly, they're probably the fourth best team in the conference. Some maybe see them even as third, but uh, their quarterback uh, situation being just so bad, I think limits them a little bit. You have to put that into something. So in my eyes, I go Minnesota, Iowa, Penn State, um, all in the same tier. And then next is, uh, in the next tier, I feel it's Purdue and Wisconsin, um, two teams that do one thing very well. Purdue is going to pass the ball well. Uh, in my eyes, they might have the second best quarterback in the conference with Aiden O'Connell, um, but they have to replace David Bell. Um, they have new wide receivers. Uh, they have a, it's a solid tight end, but uh, returning running back, King Dermru, uh, but So they're going to have a good offense, but their defense is going to struggle. They lost their best player from last year, George Karloftis. Um, but, so it's going to be a normal Purdue team. It's just, is the other units going to step up? And then my hot take of the year, not being biased, like, like if I was in the Big Ten West Championship again, that would that would not surprise me at all. If Wisconsin's in the Big Ten West Championship or wins the Big Ten West and goes to the championship game, that would surprise me. They just have way too many holes on their team. They are replacing a majority of their defense. Leo Chanel is gone, um, and uh, their offense is just like putrid. It. They're, they might have won the best running back in the conference. I could be swayed into that. I really like Braylon Allen. He's a very, very, very good football player. But Graham Merch showed absolutely nothing last year. So you could be projecting, thinking he's going to take a step forward this year. Third year under center, all this, blah, blah, blah. He's going to take a big jump, talented player. He, he showed that that's not going to be the case last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, so, like, I, I don't know why people think that he's going to. There, it's I feel like people are almost just assuming, like, oh, like, Wisconsin, they're, they're running game, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Graham Mertz will be better. Like, he could just be the same, and that's going to really hurt their team. They don't have uh, really much to work with at the skill positions. Jake Ferguson, their tight end, was good last year, but he's gone. Uh, they got no, like, explosiveness at wide receiver. Um, like I said, it's just Braylon Allen on offense. And for as much as they like to think that you can just run the football, it might get them uh, to a bowl game, but I don't know if it's going to get them to Big Ten West contention. So, uh, and like I said, their defense that they relied so heavily on last year, they're replacing a lot of a lot of players on that, that side of the football. So I think they're going to take a step back in my eyes. But So I'd go up to now Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, Penn State, Purdue, Wisconsin. Then the next tier I have would be Nebraska and Maryland. Um, a, for some godforsaken reason, people are looking at Nebraska as the favorite in the Big Ten West. I just, that's that just comical. Personally, I do think Nebraska is going to be better 
than what the trolls and the mobs on Twitter would say. That they're like, oh, Nebraska is going to struggle. Uh, like, they're Nebraska. They're going to have to be 5-7 and seven again. They're going to go to a bowl game this year. Their team's too talented not to. They had a, just a horrible stretch of bad luck that last year. It's going to revert back to the mean if they play that well. And there's a chance they have the third or fourth best quarterback in the conference. Um, I really like Casey Thompson. Very talented player. Showed it last year at Texas that he can really be a solid quarterback. And I think he's going to uh, do that again for Nebraska. But I, they're... They just got so many question marks. Um, if they do compete for a Big Ten West title, it's just all these question marks would have to be answered. They they don't return like this major contributor anywhere on offense. They have a, a, a lot of interesting players and talented players that could become that. But like they're going to need a running back to step up. They're going to need a wide receiver to step up. They have guys that can but that they all haven't yet. Their offensive line is talented, but they're going to need to step up. They haven't shown it. They can, but they haven't shown. And their defense, their defense has been horrible under Scott Frost. And they have a lot of talent this year. Uh, and they're going to need guys to step up. They can, but they haven't yet. So, like I said, I think they're going to be better than what the mobs on Twitter tell you. But the Big Ten West title, like, uh, I, I see Nebraska as a team that's going to uh, – they might – like this is the year that I think that they'd up, upset Oklahoma or they'd upset Iowa, and that's something to build on the next year, and that'll uh, give the administration a reason to bring back Scott Frost. Next is Maryland, uh, one of the more talented offenses in the Big Ten, Talia Tungavailoa in the conversation with those top five quarterbacks in the conference. Super talented receivers, Rakeem Jarrett, Dante Demas. Um, a really solid offense all around. Uh, but their defense is question mark. And Talia's uh, a bit um, inconsistent. Uh, but last year against if you take away that Iowa game, which is tough because I remember it was on uh, Thursday or Friday and it was on national TV. Everyone was watching that. So the first thing they think about is kind of that game when he threw five picks or whatever it was. If you take out that game, he had a really solid year last year. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see um, how their offense clicks this year. They had a lot of injuries at receiver. Uh, but they're, they're a team like Nebraska, my eyes, that – has the potential to upset one of the teams in the top half of the conference, but I don't think they have the potential to compete with the top half of the conference. If you know what I mean, like, uh, like they could they could beat a Michigan or an Iowa or a Penn State in this big upset, but like they could also lose to uh, Northwestern or Illinois. Uh, that brings into the next tier. I'd probably go Rutgers, Illinois in one tier and then Northwestern Indiana. Uh, all, all those teams just have too many question marks. Uh, I really like the direction Rutgers is going. Uh, I think Greg Schiano has them pointed in the right direction, um, but they, they just don't have enough explosiveness offensively. Um, 
As for Illinois, same thing. I think Brett Bielema is pointing them in the right direction. They have one of the better running backs in the conference with Chase Brown, but uh, still too many question marks. Uh, Northwestern, they're, they're an interesting team because they have a, a, really, a good running back, Evan Hull, uh, one of the best offensive linemen in the conference, Peter, Peter Skaronsky, and uh, they have a good head coach. Their quarterback's major question mark. Uh, which will hurt them. And then last is Indiana, who's really taken just a step back overall since their uh, big year in 2020. And I think this year it's going to continue. They don't really have many strengths at all on their team. Uh, they got the Missouri transfer, Connor Balazek, at quarterback. And I, I think they're going to struggle uh, to get back to the success they had in 2020. But so I'm a, a lot of people. I feel like the consensus would be, and the favorite would be, uh, Ohio State over Iowa in the Big Ten championship. And like I said, this might be a little biased, but I just gave you my reasons why I think Minnesota can win the Big Ten West. So I'm going Ohio State over Minnesota. But I think it's going to happen. I'm speaking it into an existence. This is a Minnesota podcast. You're going to be like, oh, that's just way too optimistic. I think, it, like I said, I think it's Minnesota and Iowa in their own tier for the Big Ten West title. They're the more well-rounded teams compared to Purdue, Wisconsin, or Nebraska in my eyes. Um, So that's my prediction. Uh. 41-13. I, I don't think Minnesota has... I don't think anyone, honestly, in the Big Ten has the firepower to keep up with Ohio State. Uh, you would need... I mean, out of anyone in the conference, the Gophers might have one of the better pass defenses with their uh, stable of cornerbacks with Justin Wally, transfers Ryan Stapp, and Beanie Bishop. So it would be an interesting matchup to watch. Uh, and you could talk me into the Gophers having a fighter shot, but by any means, to keep up with uh, the maybe the Heisman favorite and three potential first-round wide receivers and one of the best running backs in the country, let's just, uh, as of now, that could all change with Kirk's Rock, but I just don't think the Gophers have the offensive firepower to score with Ohio State. Um, but... Yeah, fun to talk about in June. Uh, hopefully we get there in December. Um, as for the first team all Big Ten prediction, so on the offensive side of the ball, I think C.J. Stroud, like I said, is pretty far and above the best quarterback in the conference. As for the running backs, I think kind of tier one is Travion Henderson, Mo Ibrahim, and Braylon Allen, and then it's everyone else. So I went with Trayvon Henderson and Mo Ibrahim at the running back position. At the wide receiver position, I went with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Guy everyone knows from the Rose Bowl. Uh, scored four touchdowns, had like 15 catches for 300 yards or whatever it was. Just a crazy talented receiver. Clearly one of C.J. Stroud's favorite targets. think that's going to continue in 2022. And then uh, Jaden Reed, wide receiver from Michigan State, as my second guy. Uh he had over 1,000 yards last year. Peyton Thorne obviously likes throwing to him. Um, with two new running backs, maybe Michigan State becomes a little more pass-heavy. 
Um, I think he's uh, going to have a big year. Uh, tight end Sam Laporta, really in his own tier of tight ends um, in the conference for Iowa. Uh, he has a chance to be maybe the first tight end drafted in the NFL, maybe the best tight end in the country. Really talented player. But like I said, clearly the Iowa's best skill position guy on offense. And when your best skill position guy is a tight end, it's kind of hard to build around that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, next is offensive linemen. Um, for some reason, the Big Ten only does four offensive linemen. I don't know why. It's kind of stupid. Uh, but Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky, uh kind of in their own tier for tackle talent in the conference. Um, two potential first-round picks, really good players. Um, and then John Michael Schmitz in his own tier for the interior. Uh, might be the best center in the country. Going to be a great storyline to watch for the Gophers and the Big Ten. And then uh, offense tackle Jalen Duncan from Maryland. I threw out my other one. Talented guy, probably four-year starter now. Um, First-team All-Big Ten type of player. And then uh, they also do a flex, which I threw Braylon Allen at. For as much as I dislike Wisconsin, Braylon Allen's a very, very talented running back. Still a teenager, which is crazy. But that's what I got for my All-Big Ten offense. Um, as for the defense, I got, there's four defensive linemen, and they don't specify them to position, which also I think is kind of dumb. Um, Zach Harrison, defensive end from Ohio State, super talented player, could be a top 100 pick in the NFL draft. Um, P.J. Mustafer from Penn State, another very talented guy, could be a top 100 pick. Uh, was all Big Ten last year, I believe. Um, and then last two, I got Keanu Benton from Wisconsin and Jacob Slade from Michigan State. Two guys that I think were all Big Ten third team last year. but So they're returning on uh, Keanu Benton. Could be one of Wisconsin's best players on defense this season. Um, and then at the linebacker position, I got Jack Campbell, who might be the best defensive player in the conference. Classic Iowa linebacker. Uh, really good last season. He's going to be really good this year. And then I got Nate Herbig from Wisconsin. Uh, for as much as I say Wisconsin's replacing all this stuff on defense, uh, they've done it for the last 10 years, so there's no reason why they can't uh, reload instead of rebuild. But I, I guess we'll see. And then the last linebacker, I have Cal Halliday from Michigan State. Sick name. Uh, solid player last year for the Spartans as a true freshman. Um, I think he could develop into one of the better linebackers in the conference. And then at cornerback, I got uh, Riley Moss from Iowa, pretty much in his own tier. Uh, really uh, talented playmaker at that position. Had a lot of turnovers last year that he forced. Um, and then Denzel Burke from Ohio State, first-round pick potential. Uh, really good last season. Could be even better this year. Um, and then uh, this might be a little bit of a homer pick, but I threw Justin Wally in there um, as the last cornerback. I, I've been to a few Gophers practices in the spring. He looks even better than last year. And he, he's going to be a guy, if he takes that step into being an elite number one college corner, 
the Gophers' defense could be really good this year, like really good. And that, but I, I think there's a serious chance he can. I'll admit this one's a bit homerish, but uh, we're throwing him in there. And then uh, last two for the safeties, uh, Ronnie Hickman from Ohio State might be in his own tier again. And then uh, Jair Brown from Penn State, who is also a very talented guy in the back down. Um, and then uh, some award predictions. Excuse me. Um, C.J. Stroud for Offensive Player of the Year. A lot of these are kind of chalk, but um, like, like I said, he's the best offensive player in the conference, and I think it's just going to happen at this point. Um, defensive Player of the Year, I have Jack Campbell from Iowa, which, again, is very chalky. Um, but, he, again, he's just the best um, – defense player in the conference it's uh I just don't see how anyone else is going to be better than him and then um so for freshman of the year this was a an interesting one I originally thought JJ McCarthy I thought he was a redshirt freshman but he's not he's a true sophomore now um so I'm going with a little off the board here Gavin Wimsat who is a redshirt freshman quarterback at Rutgers, their highest recruit ever um, played quarterback, was went in for a few games last year. But, uh, again, he's a guy who went in for three or four games, and he's coming back using his redshirt freshman year. Uh, the Rutgers might start with Noah Vedrill at quarterback, but I think Wimsat takes over. And I think he has a really good year for Rutgers. And well, prediction, I think they go to a bowl game. They went to a bowl game last year, I believe, but that was filling in for a team that had COVID, if I remember correctly. Um, so I think um, Gavin Wimsat, freshman of the year. Um, as for coach of the year, if the Gophers go to the uh, Big Ten Championship, I think it's pretty easy going to be P.J. Fleck. And I think they're going to. So uh, I'll throw P.J. Flack for coach of the year. Quarterback of the year, C.J. Stroud. Uh, same reason for offense player of the year. He's best player in the conference, plain and simple. Um, running back of the year. Again, if uh, the Gophers make it to the Big Ten Championship, I think it's going to be a larger reason because of Mo Ibrahim. So I'll throw him at running back of the year. And I realize that this might seem homerish. You're like, oh, you're just picking all these Gophers. But... Um, I'm just sticking with my prediction. I think Minnesota's going to go to the Big Ten Championship. And if that happens, I think P.J. Fleck and Mo Ibrahim take home those two awards. Wide receiver of the year, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like I said, might be best wide receiver in the country. Could be the Bolitnikoff Award winner. Um, again, that's a bit chalky. Uh, there could be a few guys that usurp him, but uh, we'll see about that. Uh, tight end of the year, Sam Laporta. That one's chalky, but I'd be shocked if that one does not happen. Um, he has a just a substantial gap in talent over the rest of the conference. Uh, offense lineman of the year, John Michael Schmitz. I think he's going to win uh, the Remington Award. You know, one of the best offense linemen in the country. So, defense lineman of the year. I went with P.J. Mustafer from Penn State. 
I think he's going to have a monster year. And then uh, linebacker of the year, Jack Campbell, like I said, just best defense player in the conference. And then defensive back of the year, Riley Moss. Uh, that one, uh, that one I can see changing. Last year, a lot of his success was from turnover luck. A lot of Iowa's success was from turnover luck. So we'll see how that goes this year. But nevertheless, he's a talented player. Um, so some closing thoughts on the conference. Um, I thought I would mention the most important games of the year. Number one, I think, is Iowa-Minnesota. Personally, I would be surprised if either one of those teams do not play in the Big Ten Championship. I think they have a step ahead of the rest of the division. Um, so Iowa traveling to Dankytown, we'll see how that game goes, but I think it's going to go a long way in determining the winner of the Big Ten West. Um, the number two, I think, is Ohio State at Michigan State. Um, I think Ohio State's just miles ahead of the rest of the conference. But if they aren't, it's going to be because of that game. That's going to be Michigan State's shot to uh, make an upset and make a run at the Big Ten East title. Um, but if it doesn't happen there, I don't think it's going to happen at all. And then uh, next on the list is Penn State at Purdue Week 1. Um, I keep talking about how the Gophers in Iowa are a step ahead of the Big Ten West. But if Purdue knocks out Penn State at home in Week 1, that's going to give them a lot of momentum for the rest of the year uh, and give them confidence that they could be in the Big Ten Championship. But if uh, Penn State takes care of business and beats Purdue, that's going to give them momentum the rest of the year too. So... Uh, I think that game in week one is going to really uh, change the tra trajectory for both of those teams. Uh, and then last, obviously, Michigan at Ohio State. I think Ohio State at home after losing for the first time in a few years. C.J. Stroud coming back. I just see no way how they lose that game. Obviously, so much can happen between now and then with injuries and stuff. But, uh yeah, uh, those, I think, are the most four important games in determining the winner of the Big Ten. And then uh, a few other uh, notes I'd like to touch on. Like I said, one of my takes is I think Wisconsin's going to have a down year. For them, that might still be seven or eight wins, but uh, they have an inexperienced O-line. They still have Graham Mertz. A lot of, lot of turnover on defense. And uh, the... Big Ten West, I, I just don't see how they're going to win the Big Ten West. I I would be surprised if Wisconsin's playing in the Big Ten Championship. You can clip this and show it to me in December, but I believe that. Uh, and then, like I said, how is Nebraska the favorite? Um, I, I think they're, like I said earlier, they're going to have one or two games that you're like, ooh, Nebraska's back. But they're still going to be inconsistent. I I bet they go six and six, seven and five. Last year they went five and seven. I bet they go seven and five. Uh, like I think they might upset Oklahoma or Iowa this year. Like I said earlier, but they're still inconsistent. You can't just go from uh, five and seven to nine and three that easily. I think um, I I still think they're a year away. Um, but Iowa's defense is shaky. They have a good off, or their defense is good. Their offense is shaky, and they might have the worst QB in the conference. 
And Purdue's offense is good, good QB, but new wide receivers and a shaky defense. And uh, the Gophers are solid on both ends, in my eyes, if Taylor Morgan takes that at least somewhat step forward. So, um, yeah, but so then that's what I think about the Big Ten West. And then uh, I th- Wisconsin, Maryland, and Nebraska, I think, are all three going to be in uh, the same tier. All three can upset. They can beat those top teams, but they're not going, but they can also lose to the bottom teams, I think, as of now. Could change, but uh, they're not. I don't think they're going to have sustained success. Um, but that's all I got for the conference. I, as always, I appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week on Monday. Row the boat, Skyuma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.